Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been, yeah. This is the Black Country Blokes tuning the fat with me, Kev Dillon, Aaron Jew, Craig Pinches, Tom Garrett and Lee Cadman. And tonight we're going to be talking about dreams and nightmares. Sometimes, I mean, I always say, what's the point in having dreams unless we're going to try and make them come true? And um, when we're having these nightmares, the worst thing we can do is deliberately make those come true. But back to the actual dreams and nightmares, we all have them. And how bonkers they are, how you can be one second down the park and Muhammad Ali comes along and then next thing you're in Thailand on a motorbike. And there's many different theories on this. And if people would like to write it and tell short theories on dreams, some people say it's your conscious being coming out and things that you've processed. Other people think like, if I dream about my brother, I'm not actually dreaming about my brother. It's how my brother, rep- how I represent my brother in my mind. So it's a complex thing, but we were laughing about it off camera. I'll be in bed with Kate and uh, she'll wake up and she's had a nightmare. And I've had an affair. She goes, yeah, lazy bastard. Oh, uh, you've had an affair. I was going, Kate, I'm in the same bed. I haven't been anywhere. I haven't even gone to the toilet. But that's <laughs> the emotions that we can have from our dream, even though we know it's not rational, even though we know it hasn't existed. Because we've lived it within the dream, it's become reality. I'm just going to pass this over to Lee because he's got some announcements to say as well. Yeah, so we're going to try something new tonight. Um, if anyone would like to come on live now and ask us a question face to face, then um, just drop us an email on the email you see on the screen and we'll get you up to ask your question. Uh, we're just trying to get more, more guest interaction, so hopefully this works. So, like, with dreams, like we were saying off air, Aaron, you're like my missus, aren't you? If, you're, if, if you have a, a dream, you'll fall out with the missus over it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a strange thing. It's, um, it's that thing about, I think, physiology in terms of our bodies, or, sorry, our minds don't know whether something's actually real or fiction. So even with ourselves, you know how we try and talk about, like, your mindset and how that's really, really important. Sometimes just believing something, you can almost have that, effect and like you were saying like dreams are so real where it could be like meeting Muhammad Ali or, or like a celebrity you actually feel like how did I get to know that person bearing in mind you only see glimpses of them on tv and stuff and yeah I've woken up sometimes and the missus has done it as well so it's not just me and we've just looked at looked at each other in disgust in terms of what was you up to last night uh, but it's weird because it's not just the fact that you can laugh about the actual dream you actually feel a little bit like you've been cheated on or like a part of you is broken and that's crazy because then that I suppose, I mean, I don't know the science behind it, but that's related to our thoughts and in terms of what we then start manifesting. So it can be good because if you have a good dream, I'll tell you what, it's it's brilliant because you can wake, wake up motivated, you can make, wake up happy. But on the other end of the spectrum, it can be really, really um, like dangerous, can't it? But it's like when, we, like when we're talking to Peter about dementia, and he's saying like when someone's got dementia, they go, my nan was never racist. Um, but then she started being racist and vile. And so, but, she grew up in a racist era when she'd never said the word. She never believed it. She was hearing those words. And I think that like, it trapped in your, in your subconscious. And I think sometimes you've just watched something on telly before you've gone to bed or you've witnessed something on a, whatever it is, and that's brought out in your dreams. So even though you probably haven't even noticed it, your, your, your subconscious is the filter which sits yeah. out. I could jump over that house and you go, they can't. But your conscience, your conscious mind, it's a big sponge, so everything that's been thrown at it sticks in it. And I think maybe that's in our dreams where we're trying to figure it out, we're trying to process it. That's just one theory. What do you think, Craig? Well, I'm, I'm with you guys. I mean, I'm like I'm someone who, especially if I'm having a, a foggy period, like the nightmares, I'm so real, and I could I could probably reel them off now, like them that vivid and that that real to me. They usually in, involve like dogs attacking me and things like this, and they're so vivid, and I watched this thing with my son, and it was called Project Ouch. I think it was. It was. It's to do with like it's a child's thing, but they go around the ambulance services and stuff, and they they explain certain things about uh, the human body, the mind, and whatever else. Um, and they, I'm pretty sure they said in that that they reckon that's like when you go to sleep, 
your body starts processing and, and organizing all your thoughts and everything you've seen that day, absolutely everything. And what you're seeing is glimpses of, of what you may have fractionally thought or what your subconscious has felt and, and this and the other. And it's very, it's, it's very deep. And like you say, you do wake up feeling it. I mean, that I've woke up, I've woke up crying. Um, you know, I've woke up angry. I've woke up crying. I've woke up disappointed. And I had woke one sticky. That's it. Oh, sticky. Yeah. <laughs> we we won't say we won't say why though, Kev. We won't. Say why, <laughs> but um, like I've I woke up. I think it was the other month, and I was so so like happy because it was the first ever time I got some motivation in my dream. And I remember it all. I won't bore you with the details, but. I remember someone saying this to me. I was swimming and it was like swimming the canal, but it was like a race. And someone said to me when I got to the other end, you got this. You know what I mean? You can do this. And that's the first and last one I've had in, in so many years. But they are so real to, to, to you know, yourself at that time. Aren't they? Have you ever had a dream where you, you talk to someone who you know has died? The other day I was, talking, uh, I was having a dream and Shaggy, my brother's best mate who passed away, he was like a big brother to me. I had a dream and I was I was talking to him. And I remember when my nanny Sylve died, I remember being on the phone in my dream and I was talking to her and I knew in my dream that she was dead, but I didn't want to get off the phone because I was enjoying talking to her. And then you wake up and you, you choked up because you miss the person, but it's almost like I've got to talk to him again, if that makes sense. Do, do, you, do you guys like have it so as you think? I mean, I believe, and you're going to call me crazy and weird, but I kind of believe I've I've got a sixth sense, or I've got some sort of sense that I, I just can't harness. Um, and it, it happens when I'm I'm awake, let alone asleep. But I, I always found that I'd have there was this one point a few years back I'd bury my dad every single night. I'd wake up crying because I was reading at his funeral. I was carrying his coffin. You know, we we would I would bury my dad every single night, and then then he was really ill in 2016, and he nearly died. And then after that, after like he nearly died and he was in the hospital, the dream stopped. And then it happened a few years later. Like I'd, I'd have a few bad dreams about him again. Then he'd end up in the hospital. And a lot of people might think he's superstition or uh, he's coincidental. But every night you like I'm burying my dad, and then then he's ill, and then the dreams stop. And I, I just don't know if you guys have that. Like it's, it's like a it's like a sense. It's like a spiritual connection, and it's going to sound crazy and out there but that's where i feel with dreams I've, i think we've kind of lost touch with mother earth let's call it because there, your sixth sense your good feeling your intuition your third eye all these different things that mean the same sometimes you 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 sense each you ever see that movie the final destination and there's certain hmm. signs everywhere that's pointing him away from death i think that happens so much but I think children do it a lot easier than us because I think when you're there and you're thinking about death, you're going to have a lamp in or I'm sick. You go, no, 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 I'm going mad. It's my mind playing tricks on me. You know, don't be so sad. Whereas really sometimes we should lean back and go, I've got to listen to myself here. If I go out, I'm going to get into a book. And we can do it on the far, the far end of it where we never actually do anything. But sometimes I think we should listen to that inner voice and maybe just think, well, is something going on? What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I was just going to say in relation to Craig. Well, firstly, the first half of the story, I wasn't really relating to it. But the second bit, actually, I've had that experience as well. So just last year, in the middle of um, the summer, before my um, uncle passed away, I woke up that morning and I thought something bad's going to happen today. No idea, because it, it wasn't like he was in hospital for like ages. He literally like went in and that was it. He was kind of gone. So it's like sometimes I get that. And, and my mom does it even more like she's very it's quite spooky actually she'll always know if i'm not well so like we, we obviously don't live together but she'll always know though she goes like she gets a gut feeling um and I, and I feel like she gets it on a heightened scale but i do sometimes have that kind of like what is this why am i getting this and i think like kev you, you were saying i think well we've lost touch of that growing up all of us i think as kids kids are very intuitive and stuff and now we're just kind of we're almost in like autopilot mode and we're our days are dictated by, you know, most, most of the time what's on here. And we're not in touch with ourselves. And that's why meditation and stuff is really, really important. Craig, you were saying just before we come on, 
line today that you've tried to like detox from social media and stuff. And I think it is important to sit with yourself, understand yourself, what are the things that help you. And there's a great book. I was going to recommend it to you after the show, but I might as well say it now. It's called Unlearn. It's a very easy read. It's like a hundred lessons basically. And each lesson is like half a page. Um, and it's by a yeah. guy who's like into spirituality and stuff. And it's effectively unlearning all of the things that basically become bad habits as, as we're growing up essentially. But yeah, pretty much what you were saying, Kevin, in terms of almost got to try and go back into that and, and unlearn, I suppose. Tom, you have uh, vivid dreams as well, don't you? Yeah, I was just going to say, personally, I can, you know, I can re- what Craig was saying in that first half, I can really relate to. Um, and I think, again, I, you know, I wanted to touch on, I think it's weird when you're younger, isn't it? How, like, you know, if you do have a nightmares, it's normally something, you know, that you've seen on telly or, you know, something that you're scared of, ghosts, Halloween, clowns, that kind of thing. But I always think a lot, of, you know, you, I hear the term now, sometimes, you know, it's our children have nightmares. But I think as you get older, I think, you know, some some of the nightmares I have, like, as, as, as Aaron said, I've woke up in the middle of the night literally you know in tears like like you said it's like and I, I could right off the top of my head and I can't really remember the dream but you know it, it's to the point where you know people are getting hurt and I think you know the often one I think I said it to you the other day actually Kev was I seem to dream about things that haven't even crossed my mind or I've thought about in you know months sometimes but then I'll go to bed and I'll dream about people I've gone to school with or but I'm an adult and it's mm-hmm. like I, I don't you know, I've never really read into dreams. I'm I'm not massively sort of spiritual in that way or anything like that. I'm not disagreeing with anyone though, because you know there is coincidence. Things do strange things happen. But for me, I mean, I've never really had a good experience with a dream. I'll be honest; it's never really, never really anything good. It's normally something bad. Um, but like you say, there's, there is a lot to read up on dreams. I think you can you can know what triggers your dreams and and how to stop it. You know, eat better, exercise, drink water, that kind of thing. Um, but there's, a, there's there's also a lot of different things, you know, like trauma, sleep deprivation, like medications. There's the different things that can can give you uh, nightmares. <coughs> like it, 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 a nightmare. It, it, sorry, you go. I was gonna say, sorry, mate. I was going to say it amazes me how how scattered they are. You know, like you say, Kev, you could be with my mum, Dali, one minute they're in Thailand the next. And I always joke like when I wake up, especially if it's. If it's a dream that I've I've not got touchy about or it's not made me angry, may have made me sad or it, I can't explain the feeling of what it's made me, but it's not too negative, but it was a nightmare. And I always joke and say, you know what? I could write blockbuster movies if I could write if I could record all of my dreams, I could edit it into a blockbuster movie because they're that they they're that vivid and that like I don't know, it's just crazy. And I do find it fascinating. It's like it's like the, you know, the, the feeling of deja vu. I, I had that just today, actually, and I get that quite often. And it's it's almost as if it's almost as if for me sometimes I've been there twice. Like I'm experiencing deja vu, but I've experienced a deja vu of this scenario once before. It's like we're doing twice a week. That's why. The, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Oh, oh man, that's but. It's probably what accumulates for the nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but it is crazy. Like, I, I love the sensation of them, but they, they are very real. And I, I think it's one of those things, if you search for the answers, you know, there was a quote I wrote once and it was some, some questions can't be answered and some answers can't be questioned. And I feel that if you start trying to question as to why, it can lead you down a rabbit hole and it, it'll drive you potty because... You're chasing, you're, you're chasing theories, you know, you know in, in reality, you're chasing theories because nobody's got the answers. You have a best science guess, but you, no one's got the answers. And I think if you're, if you're so hell-bent on finding out why you have the dreams and what they mean, this and the other, I think it could lead you down a rabbit hole that there's no coming back from. But isn't it funny, the, dream, the nightmares? Because, and I've said this on many show, our nightmares are so scary to us because we know what we're poisoned of. We know what gives us anxiety. So when you're having that nightmare, and have you ever had, um, I think it's called um, sleep um, paralysis. Sleep paralysis. paralysis, yeah. yeah when, I when, you're, when you're, I have eaten, you're, you're asleep and you can't wake up, you can't raise your arms and you're thinking, and then like, you know, if you've got problems in your head like I have, and you're thinking, have I died? Or am I dying? And, but the fear, the, or I, I had a dream as well when um, I was watching my mum and dad's house being burgled and I was too frightened in the dream to go and stop them. And then I woke up and I run down, you know, to sort it out. 
but I felt so ashamed of myself because in my dream I was a coward. Mm. And it, but you, I just say you feel guilty about that night paralysis, and you, you're just pinned there, and you can't move anything. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? It's one of the scariest things. I, I first got it during my um, university, so before my final exams, and then I started researching it, and apparently a lot of it can be brought on by stress. So obviously, being an academic all my life the final exams, which are going to make or break my life, or so you, you're led to believe. I literally was getting it every night, so I was even too afraid to go to sleep because, like you said, Kev, you, you, you're kind of awake. And for me, I used to see, like, like a figure, like a black shadow figure almost coming in, like, like a horror film, but, I, but I'm unable to move. And then all of a sudden, after the episode, I'm not sure how long it actually takes in real time, but it seems like forever, you spasm out because all that you're trying to move, it's like somebody holding you down and then suddenly they disappear. Uh, but recently... I've got it like probably three or four times in the last year. I know when it's going to happen now. And this sounds really strange. So if anyone struggles with it, if you can do this, it's a massive help that I feel like when you're asleep, obviously it's dark, but just before sleep paralysis is about to happen to me, the room gets even darker. It's almost pitch black. And and all of a sudden I'm kind of like, oh, here we go again while I'm asleep. So I know it's about to happen. And, and the last three times I managed to catch it that as the process starts and this figure's coming towards me, I'm just saying, this isn't real. This isn't real. It'll, it'll be over soon and it pretty much stops like within like a tenth of the time whereas previously i used to have to go through that and it's so frightening because you literally don't want to sleep and obviously if you don't sleep you know you're not going to end up being well your thoughts are going to be all messed up and stuff but apparently stress is is like a big determinant of that so if anyone's stressed Mate, then my, obviously you need to address that my my missus like we lived in we lived in a flat seated up riley all oh, 10 11 12 years back and it was before we had the kids and we were both young, you know, only a couple of years into our relationship. And she she had that. I think she had it one, that once, maybe a second time after that. Um, and she had that and she tried to explain it to me and me being the dickhead I am. Like, it was trying to explain to me, like, I was pinned down and I couldn't breathe and this that and the other. And I said, yeah, you thought I went to work. I snuck back in. So next time you, you try, like, mouthing off at me remember this situation and I took no notice of it you know and I kept on saying to me it's real but me being young I was like what 19 20 and still a bit of a knobhead you know probably even bigger back then believe it or not you know and I, I just made light of it and I, I just said to her yeah it was me suffocating yeah you know she's pissing me off um but I don't understand how, how serious it was and how scary it actually is until I, until I was later in life, you know. So I dismiss that with with humour, as I'm, I often do. But it is quite a scary thing. So I've heard. I've never experienced it myself. But as you said, then, but doesn't that like sum up like when you're younger, like with all forms of mental health and nightmare, whatever, you brush it off, you're going, oh, damn, I'm so soft, you know, put yourself mm-hmm. together. But, but hopefully, what this lockdown, lockdown fifty hundred, which whichever lockdown we're on there. But hopefully, this is like. People who have still got mental, who had mental health before this, has made it worse. But people who never really had it, so hopefully they've got a, a bit of an understanding of it now. You know, like so, yeah. when we are allowed out the door again, I, I said, and I'm, you know, I've always been brave. But after the first lockdown, just been in the house for uh, four or five months, when we're going out walking, or when I was going, to, went back to the gym, I was having panic attacks about doing it. I was thinking, well, how about this? Too close? How about this? How about and that's never been me in my life. I've never liked crowds, but I love people and I'll stand in front of anyone. But that was hell going back into it. And I wonder how many other people that's affected. And even that weird dreams, you know, because we're bomb- being bombarded with negative death, negative death, da 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 da. That's got to creep into our dreams. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's your subconscious. Isn't it? it's, like, it's like, I don't know if you guys get it, but I feel especially sleep, you know, sleep's a very important part of, of your routine, you know, and that's why you should allocate, what, what is it, something like 33% of, of your living moments. You should be sleeping eight hours a night or whatever it is. Um, and I find now that I, I feel like I'm, I'm stressed. I have been for many years, but I feel it's coming to a head now with, with myself. And a lot of that's self-inflicted pressures. Of, of needing to succeed, needing to change the course of my family history, needing to provide for my kids for when I'm gone so they haven't got to like scratch about doing this job and that job and, and worry about money. And I find that when I go to bed, um, I did look at it the other day and I can't remember what the term was. I find that I'll close my eyes and try and go to sleep. 
And I've normally tortured myself by now with guilt. Uh, my son wanted to play, but I was doing, I was doing the books or this and the other. And I find like after I've got through that and I try and sleep, I close my eyes, but it's still like the spotlights in my eyes and not just speckles. It's literally, I'm seeing, I'm just seeing a bright light and it don't matter what I do. I have to like try and fold my arm over my eyes to stop it. And it stops my, like, it prevents me from sleeping. And I find that often leads to a, a, a restless sleep. And then obviously the next morning you're tired and you've, it's like a continuum. It's like a, a continuous loop of, of bad habits. And that's why at the minute I'm trying to implement small changes and, and navigate my own emotions and, and, and minds because sleep's a big one. So I'm trying to like dictate to myself, you're going to sleep at this time or you're going to listen to motivation till midnight if that's what you're going to do. And then you're going to try and go to sleep because sleep is it, it's a big cause of stress or it certainly don't help. I think that's the hard thing, though, and it. I think you know, we've when you go to sleep, I've certainly with what you were just saying. I find I do that. You know, I lie there and I start thinking, oh, I should have done this today, or you know, as soon as the telly goes off and I'm put, you know, turn the lights off. Oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Am I going to get up late? Am I going to do this? And I think that's the problem. And it's hard to get. Obviously, I'm guessing that contributes to nightmares, but it's hard to you know stop thinking like that when obviously you know if you're stressing about the day ahead or you know whatever whatever you're stressing about really. They say to they say to clear your mind, and I mean, what I normally do on a night is I try and clear my mind, but then I feel I'm thinking of the stuff I'm trying to clear. Right, don't think of music, don't think of writing, don't think of this, don't, and and that leads you to thinking about it, and I, I find that counterintuitive, and that's why, like you say, Aaron, meditation's good, and it's it's about unlearning. It's not meditation's not about not thinking and and seizing thinking. It's about being able to recognize your thinking and draw yourself back to the center and, and controlling your thought process as opposed to just letting it run amok. Absolutely. Isn't it funny, you know, your bed and mattress are the only things not to come with instructions. They're one of the hardest things to use. It's so natural for us to fall asleep, but how many times to actually get a proper night's sleep. You know, either, as Craig says, I'm one of the worst people in the world. You know, when I see him, I'm going I'm, I'm to say this, and if he does this, I'm going to wait to him. And then I'm going through every scenario physically known to man. Then when you see him, he walks past, he goes, right, mate, how's Jasmine? He goes, you bastard. That's the <laughs> one thing I didn't expect you to say. But, but we do this with every day. Like, uh, when I'm at the boxing gym or when I'm doing the podcast, when I'm at the park, if I'm... When I phone up the Sky Television to tell them off, and we do this with everything I do anyway, and we brace ourselves for a million scenarios, and none of them turn up. So but it's so easy to get out of that. It's so difficult, sorry, to get out of the habit of doing something you've always done. <laughs> but as I say, if we could take that moment of self-care to try to do the meditation. I remember Nick Davis said, get a, a candle, light it and then stare at it stare at the candle and when it your your vision goes blurred close your eye sorry light the candle get yourself comfortable focus on it until your vision goes blurred and start deep breathing to your stomach so your stomach comes out and then once you're there then just close your eyes and just relax so these little tips you know there's so many tips out there try them if you don't like it bloody try something else lee have you had any comments bruv um, yeah, yeah, they've been coming up on the screen, Kev. So I've not really, uh, they're not really questions, just comments. Uh, but thank you for everyone for, for commenting in. And as I said at the start of the show, if you email us on the email, you can see on your screen, we'll get you on this show now and you can ask your question. Um, so drop us an email and we'll get you on. But uh, I've, I've not talked a lot during this one because I've been listening because, um, basically, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I forget dreams or nightmares. Or whether I just don't have them, I'm not sure. But I, I don't suffer from from anything like that. But I'm not. I'm also not. Um, I'm not someone who sleeps a lot, and I don't go into deep sleep. So it could just be, could just be that. But it's fascinating to to listen to your experiences, and uh, I feel sorry for you to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Sorry, we just had Gemma Hawksworth. Yeah, so Gemma, drop us an email there, and I'll send you a link over, and you can come on and, and ask your question. So yeah, women are allowed on as well. We're not just men. 
<laughs> as long as you tell my missus, because they might put me on the spot and ask me some shitty things. <laughs> <laughs> but dreams are so dreams are so powerful, though, aren't they? Isn't it funny how many recurring dreams we have? It might not be the exact same situation, but you, Craig, saying about the dogs. Kate has recurring dreams about being chased by stuff, and and it'll be like a different a different person or a different dog or a different house, but they all seem to follow that same theme. Yeah, I, I have the same, Kev. My one isn't being chased by dogs. It's having no trainers on. So I'm literally barefoot. And it's for me, that's like the worst thing in the world. So even around the house, I've always got socks and slippers on. But for some reason, like my nightmares, there's something about not having shoes on. I know that sounds really, really stupid, but it's that recurring theme. And I don't really research into dreams and stuff. The missus sometimes goes into it, but it might mean something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've got too I'll many be- trainers. Mate, I'd love to hear what what dreams mean and that. I was told to look into it, but you know, I'm a stubborn bastard, really. Um, And I will look into that that kind of thing or seek um, input from from professionals with it. Because I mean, it's like the dogs that that normally it's not that they chase me, they they attack me, but they don't savage me. They bite just they just bite little chunks of flesh off me all throughout the dream until that they disperse and they get out of my dream and i kind of amount that to things that are, are bothering me or pressures i'm putting myself under that it's 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 chewing away at, at my soul basically and mm-hmm. that's that's what i look at and because they don't savage me they don't kill me they don't rip me limb from limb they're just there and and i'm just chewing enough little chunks of flesh off me for it to be painful you know but isn't it funny in your dream you're feeling that pain and that in, uh, that um, that uncomfort and that, that fear on you. Every time it nicks your arm, you're pulling it away because you can feel it. Yeah, we we we're more we're more troubled, and I think if like you, your dreams can speak a lot to that. And I think if you're having a lot of dreams, like myself, what I'm trying to tell myself now is if I'm having recurring dreams like that, look at what's happening in my waking moments or what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling or what pressures I'm, I'm putting myself under or I feel under, look at that and see if I can like navigate around them better or assess them better because like the, a peaceful sleep may, may lay in your waking moments and, and that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to soul search at the minute and, and like I say, navigate around my own mind. But, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, I, again, I'm like a walking fucking quote. I was called the other day. <laughs> But I did, <laughs> I did write write a quote once, and I don't. I'm going to butcher my own quote, yeah. And it was something about the simplicity of our understanding is no rival to the intricacies of our mind. And I truly believe that we will never, ever, ever understand our mind. We we just need to learn to understand it enough that we give our soul a little bit of peace, you know. But I mean, dreaming is it all nightmares? Is it? It can also be positive dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I wake up from them, I suppose. That's positive. (laughs) We've got to set ourselves dreams. What's the point of having dreams unless we're going to try and make them come true? I mean, in the year and a half that we've been doing this, our dreams are hopefully on the cusp of happening now. We're doing public speaking. We're going to be doing the um, giving the mental health, the KO, where we're going to be having a talking group at the Lions Boxing Club. And then when we are allowed to uh, do exercise, have people come in, have a chat, do boxing and sit there and have another chat. So it's happening. You know what I mean? There's so many things about to happen, but this wouldn't have happened if we could have dreamed it. What's Muhammad Ali's, Muhammad, Ali, Muhammad Ali's saying? If my mind can conceive it, my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. Yep. And I think that's such a quote. If we can think it and we can have the courage to do it, then we can achieve anything. But we've got to have the dreams. to. We've got to have the courage to back the dreams. Because a dream on its own is just fantasy. Do you know what though, mate? Like, I, I like the the great rap mogul Master P. I don't know if any of you know him of No Limit Records. Um, I was I was watching a lot of him. I've been watching a lot of him lately. Really intelligent guy. Really, you know, seems like a really stand up guy. And he said his nana told him once that, you know, if you don't have a dream, what's the point in waking up? And I mean. I'm trying to look at it from both ends of the spectrum here because I've had this discussion with my partner lately because I'm all go, I'm all drive, I'm all, right, what can we do? How can we progress and and change our family history? And my partner's like more so, I'm enjoying today. 
You know what I mean? I'm giving the kids a normal upbringing, this and the other. And the, the only, I, I relate to Master P. But like when she said that, I'm looking at it like not everyone's intent is to have a dream or is to progress in life. Their, their contentment lies in, in their everyday. They wake up, they're blessed. They've got the kids around them. And I feel that you haven't got to have a dream as such by a way. Because not everyone's sitting there thinking, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a musician. I want to be a businessman. Not everyone's sitting there. Like Some people might not be able to relate to us saying that you've got to have a dream. You know, right. contentment is often, you know, Craig, a, a dream enough. Say, sorry, Craig. I was just going to say, because obviously I, I speak to you offline as well, and I know how ambitious you are in terms of everything that you're striving for. And obviously you're very creative and stuff. Um, and as you were saying that, that, there was a quote I actually tweeted the other day about generational change only takes one risk taker, which evidently is you in your household. But what you just explained between you and your missus there, that's so common. And I always say it's ignorance is a bliss. So how your missus was, was how I was pre-25. Pre-25, I was happy living for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The moment I was exposed to something slightly different, I, hold on a minute, I could potentially choose what time I work. I can have more than six months annual leave without asking somebody else and all these little things. And I can actually have more money than my parents have ever had to, to make sure that my kids can do what they want. Then that in itself is one, it's possible, but it requires a whole different level of mindset, perspective and work ethic, which is obviously what you're doing. But, but being in that journey, I've been in it now for what, six years myself. Mate, it's, it's tough. It's fucking hard. Like every day it's hard. And you're almost, you're almost having to convince yourself on a daily basis this is going to be worth it. Because sometimes I sit there and I think, fucking hell, life was a lot easier when I was 25. I was on a very, very good salary. <laughs> I was staying in Hilton hotels. But then I'm like, this, this can be that thing. And my, one of my biggest goals is to have generational change. I want my kids yeah. and grandchildren to be set for life because I know how hard it was for, for, for you know, the, those that come before yeah. me. So I'm happy to be that one person to take the risk. But with that comes everything that's coming with your your sleep, you're beating yourself up on a daily basis. And the only thing that helps me is I literally, I have a mantra and the mantra is you give it all you got or you don't fucking make an excuse on the night. That's it. It's, it's simple. It works for me. It motivates me. So if, so, cause I used to beat myself up because there's only so much you can do in a day. And I used to go to sleep and always think, why haven't I done this? And then I add it to the to-do list. And then my to-do list is so long. I I'm, I'm doing last Tuesday's work when I should be doing this, this Thursday's work. And it's a, and yeah. it's a big problem. So you almost have to just, say it and forget it and then move on so now like i've got this notepad here if i don't tick off everything which i haven't ticked off today fuck it i'll just move over i start the day with the the most important thing and i just make sure that i do that one thing and that might help you a little bit because if we want to call it entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call it it is is it's tough especially when you have like your own anxiety and overthinking and mental health issues because you're battling with something that we've never really experienced like I, I know you, I know me. I've never experienced entrepreneurship in my family. Everyone's just normal, you know, normal jobs. So I'm trying to break that mold. But then I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm also trying to mold myself at the same time. It's very, very difficult. I also I think, think on that note. So, sorry, Craig. I'll, I'll just no, say you carry on, Kevin. Yeah, you carry was, on, mate. I think, like as well as we've all got to realize we have different dreams, our own heavens, our own nirvanas, our own paradise. To someone's paradise, like my mom is so selfless. Her paradise is with all us, all of us together on the settee or for a family meal. That that's her paradise, you know. Whereas my dad's had these dreams of going to the Olympics, and it, they're in love. They're sub partners, but they can have different dreams. Some people are just yeah. paradise as long as they're comfortable. Some people have to be the master of enterprise, a world champion. So we're all different, and that's what in that what paradise is all about. All of us having. A different paradise. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be doing each other's heads in. I think you've got to, like, like you just said then, and, and touching up on what you said, Aaron, it's like, look, with my dad, I don't mind being the risk taken and taking a lot of it on board. And to be fair, I love nerding over learning business and learning entrepreneurial skills and that. And I think there's a few points I need to raise. Is one, entrepreneurialism, when I can say it, is, you know, <laughs> cheers, mate. That was the second time I wrote too bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, like, a key part of that aspect of, of that, like, living that life is time delegation. And like you say, if you get one thing done that, that you've set yourself, it's better than having 300 things that you're half-heartedly doing because you need to get through them. And like what you said, Kev, about having your own paradise – 
my dad worked for some, my dad used to work three jobs when we was kids, you know, we hardly see him because he, he'd work all week, two jobs, and then he'd work on a weekend as overtime. And that was to provide the necessities. You know, we never had the Nikes and the Pumas. It was back then, the AstroTurfs. And, you know, he had six of us and he worked there. And I remember a guy he worked for said to me once, I met him at a pub or I see him at a party. And he said, you know, your dad, he said, give him a Sunday dinner. He says, and all his grandkids around him, he says, and he's as happy as a pig in shit. And I looked at that and I thought, my dad was on it. He, he worked. All he ever knew was how to work a job for someone else. You know, he probably had dreams in that as younger, but he wanted us to to have the food and have the clothes and not rely on anyone else to provide them. And I just want to break that. And I respect that. And I, res- I love the fact I come from that. You know, my dad used to have us doing chores down the back garden. We used to have to pluck geese and, you know, for him to cook and stuff like that when we were six years of age. And it's not to pluck a goose, mate, at six, five, six years of age. It's not a pleasant fucking thing to do or fetch logs from like 100 feet down the garden that he's just chopped for the fire. But that instilled a lot of respect in, in me. And all I want to do now is I feel like you said, Aaron, gener- generational wealth and Master P brings this up is knowing that it's bigger than me. It's about how my family are going to live yeah. after I'm gone, you know, and I just want to provide that for them. And my missus said to me, what if the boys want to do a factory job? And I said to her, I said, that's because they'll do it because they want to, not because the necessity dictates that they have to go there and work for the man. I want it so as if they work them kind of jobs and we're above no job and I, I, I truly believe that. If they work them kind of jobs, it's because it brings them happiness and it's because they want to do it, not through they necessity. Their, they can follow their dream. But it's Exactly. I mean, I, I can relate to both sides of it because when I was 16, I came straight out of school and I just went for it. Work, 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 work. I mean, Kevin will attest to it. He, he yeah. come to many of many of our, um, many of the jobs um, and saw what I did at the time. But it was all work. It was all work, work, work. And my only regret in life, I literally have one regret, and that is not spending enough time with my kids because I was working. That, and that's it. Yeah, and I, I kind of think now, once we get to the end of all this, don't get me wrong, it'd be fantastic to to give um, to to give a, my kids the choices, more choices to do things with having more money. But in truth, I think when it comes to the end of it, they'd still prefer that time with me. They still prefer to spend that time. They do say it's the most valuable. It's your most valuable commodity. You know, them grains of sand, them irreversible. You never get them back. And it's like they do say that, um, like, nobody's on the deathbed wishing they'd done, oh, I wish I'd have done that extra Saturday back in January. You know, and nobody does think that. But the way I see it is I'll want... I'll, I'll, like, my family will watch a film and I'll be there watching it but only passively because I've got spreadsheets in front of me and and, and plans are I'm, I'm putting together and this and the other but I'll take that risk because yes I'm sort of sacrificing and, and through any success sacrifice is a must you know regardless of, of to what degree yeah. it is and I'll do that so as my kids don't sacrifice their time with their kids you know and I feel like someone's got to break the cycle otherwise but also, Craig, sorry, also, Craig, you're teaching them your way, so they will do it anyway. They learn off what we do. It's you know they don't they don't yeah. listen to what we tell them. They learn off off our behaviours. So you could you could die and leave them six billion pounds. There's a good chance they'll follow your route still. It's a father's dilemma then, though. Into you know what what do you do or an entrepreneur's dilemma is what do you do? Do you say right? I'm going to forfeit the possibility of redirecting the course of my family's life for a better one i'm going to forfeit that to spend all this time with them now or do you try and find the balance but say i've got to stay on track here because if i don't they're going to keep living like this and, and you know it, it's a it's a father's does dilemma it, does it have to be both though i mean yeah. one or the other why, why, well, why can't it be both so so my perspective is i understand that i'm never ever going to regret not doing more work i love family time actually spending time with my family is the best thing in the world i don't care like the clothes we wear where we're sitting if we're just in the same room that is that is actually heaven for me like i'm a very family orientated person but there's also 
a potential and I see mainly through exposure that my kids could could have all of that but then have the security in their bank that if they're in a lockdown they're not worrying about relying on somebody else to, p- to pay for them or something so I'm kind of I'm, I'm sacrificing myself there a little bit I'm not trying to be like a messiah or something but I'm but I feel like I could just make that life easier because the one the only little regrets I ever have in life is I wish I tried more things because I pick up things now and I think man if I did that when I was a young kid I think I'd be pretty good but my parents they have the money to send me to like all these things it was always like choose one thing and you try it so I'm almost yeah. trying to be perfect but I, I I get what you're saying Lee obviously there's there's not there's no replacement for like family time and stuff but what I'm trying to do at least and hopefully one day we'll be successful at is at least my kids and those that come after will have the ability to have that time with their kids but then the financial security as well I think yeah. the, the key is to get in there get it done and get out quick yeah I'm we'll trying mate. It's, it's taking longer <laughs> well, than I thought. Well, I don't know. You know, I started it at 16, and really, I've only yeah. I've only slowed down. I'd say the last year. Yeah, that's a long time to be to be on that on that on it all the time. Different business ideas, trying this, trying that. And as I say, the only thing I regret in all that is mm. actually not spending time with the, with with the kids. Do um, you know, like, if I'm going to interject there, like, I feel there's there's a few points to make there. I think one. It depends on your mind frame, because me, I'm I'm an obsessive person. You know, I, I live I live in extremes. I'm either extreme, like, my time's either extremely spent this way, or my mind's extremely focused on this. So, I live in extremes, and I'm I'm a very um, obsessed uh, obsessive person. So, if I find something, let's say I want to learn how to film a, a, a music video, I will obsess over that for months until I've learned enough, and then I'll, I'll obsess over the next thing. And I think. The I, I'm obsessing at the moment over I'm putting myself on the clock because I feel I'm up against it because I'm 32 years of age, especially if, if I wanted to do the music industry, which I'm sort of like coming to a reality about that, not giving up, but coming to a reality about it and, and different paths I'd have to take for that. Um, but I feel that because I didn't have my head screwed on, and this is a piece of advice for anyone that wants to take anything tangible away or want to listen to it is, I feel because I started late, I wasted my teens, I wasted... You, you argue that, did you waste them because you enjoyed them at that point? But if I'd have had my head more screwed on with this when I was younger and going early, I feel like I would have... I wouldn't be up against the clock now, so I wouldn't be obsessing so much and, and putting myself under the cosh. But because I feel I'm playing catch-up, that's why I obsess so much now, because I feel that, Craig, you've got to make up 15 years worth of fucking around uh, and that's like that's the mind frame I, I, I subconsciously put myself on there you know I don't think Craig you've got to make up for this that's just what I, I feel I'm catching up and I think getting early as you say but make it start earlier like when you're younger and hopefully me realising that now and hopefully I can make a carve a path for my family they can realise it sooner and then they get the time as a benefit you know uh, you got to be a martyr for these things sometimes. If, if you if you feel you're the only one, like you say, Aaron, there's there's usually one that's going to take that that jump in there. Yeah. See, it's interesting for me there listening to that. Sorry, uh, Craig, and I suppose Aaron and Lee as well, because I think you know I've, I've never had that worry. I mean, 27 now, and I've worked since I was probably about 14. Well, I was at just Saturday jobs, but obviously when I left school, 16. And, you know, like, it's weird. And, and I think, you know, I've kind of been mocked for this in the past, but I've never really had a dream. Like, I know it sounds really stupid, but I've never really had a dream. And I think I always, as I'm getting older and I'm learning more about things, I realise that a lot of that was to do with, like, fear of failure. I didn't want to put myself in that, you know, I don't know, go for that football team or go for this or, you know, make that decision just because I didn't want to fail. And I think, you know, maybe that's probably had a big effect. But, I mean, even now I'm at the age where, you know, a lot of people say, oh, when are you going to get your own shop, cutting air, or you need your own shop? And I think maybe it's because I don't want the added pressure or the stress or, you know, the worry. But, you know, it, it, I, you know, and I, I have to take my hats off to both of you because, I, I, you know, I wish sometimes that I did have that that mindset of, you know, starting this business, doing that, doing this. I mean, I just wanted to drop so, that in, really. But, but you're I'm, throwing I'm yourself into this. No, yeah, sorry, I know sorry, you mean not. Yeah, go on, go on. But because it's like um, my, I, I never had a dream of my own. Mine was always I hope Connor Jones wins the ABAs. I hope Oscar wins the ABAs. And then I hope they go on uh, Box for England. And I hope they. So mine was always trying to get to be the best coach I could. 
but I was always trying to get the other people their medals. Yeah. Whereas this is the first time I'm actually back in my own dream and uh, of hosting this and hopefully getting on the radio and hopefully having these sessions. Well, not hopefully. I'm going to do my damnedest to make it happen. So I'm actually backing a dream that benefits other people, but also myself. That's probably the first ever time I've done that. And I've been coaching for close to 20 years. And it's the first time. I've always wanted to be a great coach. You know what I mean? But it's the first thing I'm actually backing myself by doing. Yeah, I think, like, Aaron used to touch up on it on a thing. And I think, we like, a few of you have said it over the course of the 18 months. Is it's not unique to you. You know, just because I feel like I'm, I'm obsessing over becoming successful, there's other entrepreneurial-spirited people out there that are going through the same thing. They're lying awake, feeling guilty because they've not spent the time with the kids. And a lot of the times, you know, I've had, I've had occasions where I've been in the fog and I thought, I wish that I could just live in contentment that, you know, that I've got my family, we, we get by, you know, it's, it's not, we don't own a great amount, we don't own no assets to our name or anything like that, don't own an house and things like that. But I'll go to work, I'll do a nine to five, I'll come back, have a few cans, watch a bit of telly with the missus, go to bed, do it again. Sometimes I've wished for that because the, the stress is and strange you put yourself under. It, it's it's un, unhealthy and it's unnecessary. You know, you don't need to if you can if you can sort of structure it in your own mind, a plan. And I think when when you talk plans, you've got to talk about smart goals and realistic timeframes. And I think because I'm catching up on 15 years of wasting my life, I feel that I'm I'm sort of removing a realistic time frame. I'm putting I'm putting myself on the clock when in effect, you know, by grace of whoever's up above, you know, I've got another 40, 50, 60 years left in me. So, you know, is there a rush? But yeah. I think like when you're saying like I've wasted 15 years, in, in my opinion, isn't that wasting it? Because you've learned what you've learned. You've experienced what you have and now you're the man who you are. I think when we try and look back and go, oh, if I've only been doing this 10 years, we ain't got a time machine, it's never going to happen. So we've just got to think, I've, I've got on this course for as long as it's taken me. I've picked up what I've picked up. I fell over when I've had to fall over. But it's all lessons learned. And the greatest way of learning is by doing it yourself. But now you've picked this path that you're going to go on. As you say, you've got the rest of your life to pursue it. But I wouldn't be hung up on the time that's already gone because no matter how much you wish, fight, cry, that time's already gone, so and there's no gaining it back. So focus on tomorrow. That point's great, Kevin. We can actually take that back to the dream thing that we were talking about. So how are you saying you wasted that 15 years, Craig, for example? And Kev's like, you can't you can't take it back. Do that every night as well. The day's over. Like you can't you can't replay that day again. All you can do is try again tomorrow. So on a, on a rather than looking at a macro scale, look at it on a micro scale. Just do it every day. You know, give your best. One thing I will say is that. I know we, we, you, you and I, we're talking a little bit about our experience and we're making it sound like it's, you know, it's the worst thing in the world and we're, we're trying to be martyrs. I actually enjoy my life as well because like yourself, I'm a very um, extreme person. I'm either not doing nothing or I'm trying to do everything and I burn out. I, I know how I work. You know, I'm in the month, three weeks, I'm, I'm on it and then one week, I'm just ill. That, that, but at the same time, that's all I know how to do. So at the minute, until I figure something out, else out, that's all I do. But what I do is reframe everything. So rather than think I have to work 12 hours today, I say I get to work 12 hours today on things that hmm. are, are going to change, you know, the bigger picture for me because for, similar to Kev with the coaching, I want my brother my brother and my sisters to be secure in what they're doing. I want my mom and dad to be secure. I want my missus to be secure. So I've, I have all these little plans. None of them are for me. I couldn't give a shit how many houses or whatever I do. It's all for other people. But then... That, so that, that's effectively how I'm trying to work work on it, if that makes sense. And I, and I think you're, do, you're doing you're doing the same thing as well. So, you know, just be kinder to yourself. Change the words that you say. Again, you got to negotiate with yourself. I literally wake up and I'm negotiating with myself to get through the day. And then I've got to convince myself that, you know, you did your best and you get a choice. Because I'll tell you something, I worked in corporate. And although I can laugh and say Friday, Saturday, Sunday was easy and I don't have to work, you know, you can get pissed and have a hangover, whereas I can't afford to do that now because I'm self-employed. I wouldn't never want to go back there as well because I'm stubborn now. I, I can't have somebody telling me, you know, can I have, can I go to the toilet or can I have annual leave and stuff like I'm, I'm setting my way. So you've got a lot of perks as well. So just try and be grateful for them, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, especially with the reframing because I don't think we understand or, 
you know, I think we should understand, especially me, like writing, I think the power of words and the power of talking to yourself. It's like I've, I've watched this thing once and it was about if you're if you're late, you shouldn't be. But things happen and you're late. If you walk into a meeting and you're late, instead of saying sorry for being late, say thank you for waiting for me. And like it, it alters the, the mood and, and the energy. And I think like you say, reframing it to yourself on the morning. And I, I feel like I've made this all about me, but I'm trying to like pull across what I go through because there's got to be other people that go through this and and, and they're all the self-accountable. Be, busy being busy and not productive, you know, and that's because you're moulding a cosh against your own neck, you know. But, guys, is, has anyone else got anything to say uh, about this? Because we've got a few announcements to make, haven't we, Lee? Have we? <laughs> well, tomorrow <laughs> evening... <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the three of us are going on tough enough to care on their Facebook channel, uh, where uh, Stuart, Brat, and Dan Browning will be having a chat because hopefully we're going to be working with them and picking our brains on how we can get these mental health chats going, and hopefully we're going to be starting that at the Lions within the next two weeks. Um, also, Tom, do you want to tell them about the thirty press ups? Yeah, so um, I've seen a little idea. It was just online. I think it was actually an American guy who, who started it, um, but we just changed it up a little bit. Um, yeah, so we're just doing 30 for Strong Mind. So um, get ready just in case you're nominated, I guess. Um, all it is is 30 <laughs> press-ups, uh, one set, send a video into us, just mention us in it, mention yourself or your organisation, and yeah, we'll make up 30 days' worth. And with the podcast, if you're listening to this, on any of the good pop podcasts um, platforms, as soon as we re- release, as soon as we record it now, it'll be out there on the evening. So as soon as the episode's finished, it'll be out there, so you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, all them things. So please tune in, share the word. Um, and on Tuesday, have we got Ripple coming on? Have they okayed it, Tom? Uh, I'm not percent sure if it is yet. Um, just the one person can't do next week, so we're just going to try and see if we can rearrange. So, not 100% yet. Well, I'll let people know before then. So, has anyone got any quotes? Mm. As, a, as a tumbleweed rolls past the screen? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew someone was going to mention my name. Say, Craig, come on. Come on, Craig. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just said about four quotes in the podcast. You could have prompted me <laughs> to keep them till the end. I don't know. If you're gonna dream, make sure. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna dream something about the missus. Make sure I'll find out. <laughs> Other than that, mate, I don't know. I think that's advice, not a quote. Yeah. Bastard, Lee. Come on, then. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, look, look. Since it's almost night time, yeah. Go and go up the wooden hills. Put your head down and have a good night's sleep. So, good night. Watch the big bud sound bite. So until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Tarara a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, Tarara a bit. Listen, listen.